Hi, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And we're here to keep it real, raw, and what it means to be the confident woman. All right, so thanks for listening to another episode of the Confident Woman. Um, Today we have another guest with us, Yasmin Robel. So this is going to be fun because I know a lot of women, and I myself am one of them, that when you think about starting an online business or doing anything digitally, it's a good idea. And then you're like, oh shit, how do I do all this? What are all the moving pieces and all that kind of stuff? So Yasmin is like an expert at that and helping people to get on page and get their website and everything running and organizing and facilitating all that to help it, to make it easier for people just to run their businesses. So thanks for coming on with us. And I apologize in advance because I'll have a lot of questions about this kind of stuff. No, thank you for having me. And I'm happy to, uh, to answer any questions for anyone. Yeah. So you said, so you've been doing this eight years. Yes. Right. Over eight years. Mm-hmm. So how did you get started? Cause I feel like eight years ago, people were just figuring out how to make uh, like a Facebook page. <laughs> yeah. So eight, I mean, I graduated from CCAD and okay. I actually studied industrial design. So how to make staplers and ergonomically comfortable chairs and yeah. slowly made my way through graphic design and started jumping into creating websites just because people were asking for them on the side. I took a couple of beginner courses in coding and I broke a ton of websites and I made my way through into corporate. So I worked in corporate for a while. Okay. And then I was about to turn 30 and I don't know, I was just feeling like in a rut. It wasn't even like a bad day or anything, but I texted my husband. I'm like, I don't even know why I'm feeling this way. I just don't want to be here today. It's sunny outside. I want to go out. I want to do my own thing. And I'm pretty sure he was tired of me complaining because he said, well, just, just go, just leave. And I was like, let's not burn bridges. What a great husband. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Give my letter. And yeah, I started Robles Designs and have been loving it ever since. So when you decided, Hey, I hate this. And your husband's like, that's cool. Just leave your job. Did you already know that that's because you wanted to do, like, you, this is what you would do just on your own? So, yeah, I had been freelancing for a while and going to networking events, not necessarily because I wanted to leave, just I was feeling stuck and I was trying to find what was for me. So I started going to a bunch of events, women's business owner events, just to see what was out there. And yeah, I mean, I think he just, he saw something now, now he says that he saw something that I was interested in that I probably wasn't seeing. Yeah. And yeah, so he gave me the, the final push that I needed. Yeah. Well, I'm glad he pushed you too. Cause there's a lot of people that need you like us. So. <laughs> well, I'm glad to serve. <laughs> so do you specifically work with not just women, anybody, any business you'll work with? Or do you yeah. just work with women? Okay. Yeah. So any business, um, okay. any small business owner, but I naturally just women just gravitate. I, I don't know if it's because I'm a women business owner okay. um, or some, I don't know why, but yeah. I have more women clients than men. And that's totally fine with me. A lot of, I've been inspired by so many of my own clients who are writing books and starting blogs. It's just been great. I think I can guess why you have a lot of women because I loved reading your description where you said you glitter bomb people's businesses. Yeah. I was reading I that too. That. I thought that was just like a, I, I love that you added that like special effect because you can literally see this. Yeah. When you're reading it. I'm like glitter bombing. I was like, I want my life glitter bombed. Let's go. <laughs> 
So that's a fun. Okay. So if someone, okay, like me, for example, that was like, oh, I'm going to start an online, I can't even think of a lamp business just because I just looked at a lamp, <laughs> let's say whatever. But like my first steps of like creating a website, all that kind of stuff, like you, you don't just help create the website. Like you do that, but you also help more of like branding as well. Correct. Like yeah, yeah, that's so, different, right? Because I feel like some people I talk to do one or the other, or you have to hire, you have to find like five or six different people to do just to create a website because they all do different things. But it sounds like you do all of it. Yeah, so I do the branding and the website. I will occasionally work with another designer. So like if you have your favorite graphic designer that's created your logo, I will work with them. But we handle the visual branding. So anything from logo to color schemes and then creating the website. But I also specialize in not just, I tell people I don't create pretty websites. I create websites that have a strategy and a thought process behind them. And then I also train you to be able to to empower you to utilize the website to its fullest extent. Whether or not you want to hire someone to manage the website, that's up to you. But you're empowered and you know how everything works on the back end. I feel like that's such a huge important important, oh my gosh, factor in there because I, I'm always that person who, what I think I just hear this word like website, branding, tech, and it's like I'm that, that emoji with the brain exploded. Yeah. <laughs> I am just like, oh my gosh, my head. And so I've tried to navigate my own website and I'm pretty sure I've like deleted pages or messed something up. And it's just, I, as much as like, I try to familiarize myself with that, there's just some things that are just out of my realm. And I love that you kind of take that individual from like start to finish. So I I presume like you would have a consultation with that client and get a feel for what they're looking for and then strategize the entire layout, font, brand, graphic, and build this website with the strategy behind it. And then once the client is complete, you walk them through how to utilize it. That's what I'm understanding, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's just, I've run across a lot of folks who they might be creating their own website or working on a website that was created for them, but they don't really know how to maneuver the back end of the site. And sometimes it's really just, where is that darn button? (laughs) The one thing that you needed to do. And so all of my clients, I tell them, take a screenshot, send me your question because I get to empower you to be able to utilize the site to its fullest extent. And I've had other clients who their sites have been locked down or they don't have full access to the site. So even if they wanted to install something that might help their business, they can't because they don't have permission to use it because the other um, company might not give them the permission. So my whole thing is I empower you to be able to access anything you want. I show you how. And then if you are big enough that you want to hire me to maintain it, then that's great. If not, just ask me questions and I'll help you out. That's great. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I love that you, again, just take the client through the entire thing and you're, you're there for that support. And I know like like what Aaron was saying is that a lot of, you know, there's all these like, I guess, like vendors out there. There's a graphic designer, a web designer, mm-hmm. a person who does the the maintenance, the person. And it's like, it becomes so confusing. And I think that's kind of where I lose track amongst like the whole moving part where me as like the creator, as an entrepreneur, like you create this, you have this vision and to me, I don't really think of like the concept behind how it all develops because it's outside of my realm. 
but having that support, that's, that's huge. And so I think that's a, a big advantage to you and your business and especially relating to the, to the individuals that not only are they going to have this awesome brand and website, but they're also going to have the tools and resources to either take with them or to know that they're entrusting in you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I feel like you probably spend a lot of money hiring four or five different people for things. How huh, Rachel? <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> uh, sometimes it's the money, but sometimes it's also juggling the amount of people and making sure everything is running smoothly. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of like that pecking order where you have one person to, you know, you ask them to do one thing and then the next person's waiting in line and so on, so on, mm-hmm. so on. And if the first person doesn't get done, the other people aren't yeah. able to move on with that. So yeah, I mean, having a kind of a one-stop shop, that's... That, that's my mantra. It just makes everything simple and easy. And if yeah. you can just go to one source and have everything you need, that's kind of what sets you apart in that field. So kind of piggybacking off of some of that going, you know, how you got started into this, is that where you saw a, a need and a niche for yourself at that point when you first started that you said, I'm going to do this in all-encompassing business? Yeah. So I didn't really, when I, I mean, honestly, when I jumped in, I was like, I'm going to make websites. This is cool. <laughs> this is what I do in my corporate job. But with getting the first clients, I saw that need where people just I didn't, either didn't know where to go, didn't know who to trust, or found somebody like really, really inexpensive, but that ended up them having to redo everything three times. because, And then so that really inexpensive person ended up being really expensive. Right. So anybody who wanted to DIY their site, I started having some events for them and, and trying to get them to to learn about creating their own website if they were so keen on doing. Uh, and that's how the Digital Hustle Tribe was born. So just really trying, reminding myself to listen to the audience, to listen to my clients, what their pain points are, and trying to empower them again to build a badass business. Yeah. Yeah. Listening to the clients and the audience huge. And like you said, those lessons where we think that we're getting a better deal by going in the cheaper route. And it's, we have this huge expensive learning mistake at the end. So kudos to you. Cause this is, this is huge. I really like this concept because I mean, you never know when you're back in the market again. <laughs> right. Okay. So let's go to when you're like, all right, I'm going to start doing this. Your husband's like, leave your job. You're going to fart. You were already freelancing all this kind of stuff. So now it's like jobs, you quit your job. Now it's go time. We're starting this business. We're going to start taking on more clients now. What was like the biggest like struggle that you ran into? Honestly, it was getting out of that nine to five corporate mindset. Okay. I There was one point where I had the office and I was driving and he, got, he gave me a call. He works away from Monday through Friday. So he gave me a call in the morning as I was driving and he's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm just, I'm running late. And he says, late to a meeting? I'm like, no, I have no meeting. I just have to be at the office by this time. And he's like, you do remember that you are your own boss, right? <laughs> if there's no meeting, there's nobody <laughs> waiting for you. Why are you rushing? And so it, that was one of the first times when I was like, oh, that's right. I'm my own boss. I don't have to stress about showing my face all the time. And then there was another point where my youngest daughter was got sick and she was at Nationwide. She's all better now, but she was at Nationwide. And the ability to just cancel some meetings, go to Nationwide, just be with her, do some work in between, because it takes a while. So do some work in between when doctors were popping in and out and not feel the guilt 
of having to ask someone. And I've had really great bosses where they wouldn't have cared if I would have left and gone to see my daughter. But you know that week after you come back and you feel so guilty that you're working three times as hard or three times as long. And those were just getting out of that mindset that I don't have to feel guilty. I don't have to be here exactly at eight or nine o'clock. And that I, I am the boss. I am getting into that CEO mindset mm-hmm. was... I think the hardest, one of the hardest things. Right. I think so too, like realizing you're in charge of your time and what you do with it. Mm -hmm. But also, like you said, the CEO mindset of, well, I still better be damn productive because I'm in a company now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That's really cool. And so, so this is, so you started after your second daughter was already born. Yes. You had two (laughs) girls at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Two kids and, and starting a business. Yeah. So how was that time management constructed, if any? Um, it's, I learned how to be flexible. So, uh, we, to save money, we took them out of full-time care and at least my older daughter was going to, I believe kindergarten or first grade at that time. And just learning that just because the corporate world was from nine to five, didn't mean that that's the only time that I could work. I can work when one of them is napping or when she's eating breakfast or when they go to sleep. It doesn't have to be exactly the way that like my mom used to work or, or, you know, everybody was nine to five, just learning to be flexible and then learning to let things go and just to focus because sometimes at the office, you can go and get a coffee with someone or take a break or go to the water cooler and get some gossip in. But when you are with your kids and you're juggling them, you get to be productive. And right when you have the 30 minute window, that's when you do your best work sometimes. Right. So I like it how you you were transitioning from your nine to five and then you touch upon now you have this flexibility and this freedom. Mm -hmm. So transitioning, how long do you think that that process was that kind of took for you where you really got your groove? And then I do want to talk more about finding more of the freedom and balance in your life as well. Mm I honestly, finding my groove, I sometimes I'm still trying to find it. (laughs) I think we all are. (laughs) Yeah. Some days I find it. Some days it's it's just leaving me behind. But really, the days that I feel like I have my my groove are, you know, I wake up, I get a workout in. So even if that means waking up extra early, because as I'm a really slow person at getting my gym clothes on, mm-hmm. so even that if that means getting up extra early, at least I did something for me. Then if I have, let's say, my husband is busy, so I have the kids in school from about eight to two o'clock, depending on traffic. And that's when I get to be productive and I get to cross things off my list. And I always, I have an online list, but I also also have a list, a paper list that I get to cross things off and I feel accomplished and I pat myself on the back. And then just, again, finding that flexibility and just letting things go and things and reminding myself that things are a get-to. So just because my kids that today I have to go pick them up after school and I get to spend some time. It's a get to. I get to spend some time with them after school and I get to work in quiet after they go to bed. And so learning that things are a get to versus a have to and that we sometimes, as even in corporate, I spent less time with my kids when I was in corporate than I do now. I know more about my kids and their personalities now than when I was in corporate because I was working so many hours. And I think that's just a great blessing and, and a great perk of being my own boss. 
I love, I love that take that perspective is that you get to, and that, that is a privilege and that's a blessing Mm -hmm. versus feeling the pressure to have to do something. And that Mm -hmm. if you don't meet that, then it's like this expectation of like, you know, all the negative concepts of it. And so I I love that. I'm going to start using that because there's a lot of things like my list feels like it's endless. (laughs) And if I get to say, but I get to do this, Mm -hmm. it really is that blessing in there. I love it. Yeah. And it's also learning that you're, okay, for example, one of my kids just had a birthday and I saw a beautiful cake on Pinterest that I wanted to try to make. And I ran out of time. So it was made out of boxed cake mixes and I totally messed it up. And it kind of looked like what it was supposed to, but it did not look like that Pinterest picture. And you know what? I posted that on Instagram. I took pictures of it. I sent it to everybody who couldn't make it. And we ate that cake. And it was fine. It was really sweet, but it was, it was fine. And it's just like, just let, let it go. You, you'll fail. You'll fall down on your face. And nobody is perfect. Whether they seem like they're doing well on Instagram or Facebook, we all make our, we all have those Pinterest fail moments and we take pictures and we jot those down and say, all right, I learned something. Maybe I will go get buttercream next time. <laughs> and, and we move on and, and that's that. Exactly. That live in, yeah, learn from everything too. And I like when you're talking about like all the things that you get to do, but because you are your own boss, you're able to do those things. Mm-hmm. But I think some people really undermine or don't realize some of the things that entrepreneurs give up in order to get to do these things. Yeah. So I noticed you talked about one thing you said earlier was you took your kids out of daycare. So you were watching mm-hmm. them want to save money because you were obviously you probably didn't replace your income the day you quit. You had mm-hmm. to work hard and build it up to be able to replace that income. So so for somebody that wants to start their own business or they're thinking about this entrepreneurial path or going to do those things so that they can also be a full-time or be around their kids more and get to do these kind of things. I feel like we we don't talk about the what people give up enough. So like, what are some things that you sacrificed in the beginning? Like you said, you took them out of daycare to save money or mm-hmm. things you had to do. Oh man. So a lot, we gave up, I gave up Starbucks. Okay. Um, so it's just it's like the small, yeah, yeah, no, it was a big one for me. Um, you know, in the corporate world, everybody had their Starbucks with them. Yeah. So learning how to drink regular home-brewed coffee. <laughs> um, but, and then just learning that um, fun does not equal dollars. So mm-hmm. instead of going somewhere and spending money, we would go on bike rides, go for a walk, try to tire out the kids so that they would let me go to bed earlier. <laughs> and right. just learning that, yeah, dollars do not equal fun and going for walks and all that stuff with the kids. And then personally, just taking a break from those subscription services. Mm -hmm. So I used to do a lot of those clothing subscriptions and the, all of the subscriptions for the TV shows, all that, Mm -hmm. and just cutting some of those out and then realizing I wasn't actually even using them or watching them and just budgeting. So we used mint.com to track our budget and see what we could cut out. But really, it was just not being afraid of the numbers, uh, saving up a little bit. We didn't have as much as I would have liked saved up before I jumped ship, but we still had a little bit of savings. Yeah. Not not being afraid to have fun without money and not being afraid to talk about it. So I know you mentioned too, like you like downsized some things and then mm-hmm. you started like a cleaning company too. Yeah. Just 
to help pay for your business? Or? Yes. And then we, I was also a surrogate. So that's another thing that, that helped us. Yeah. That helped us a lot with paying. So I, I like to have lots of multiple goals at once. And so I was like, let's start this business. We can afford, you know, let's cut down on some stuff and we can afford every, to live somewhat of a normal lifestyle. But I also want have this other goal of paying down credit card debt and student loans. And so I talked to my husband, my poor husband, um, into um, doing this surrogacy thing so that we could just have a little saved up as well as pay down debt. And so we did that. And then we also have the cleaning business, which allows him to have more. I do the marketing and he does the actual cleaning. And it just allows him to leave his job and have more flexibility with the kids as well. Right. I love that. It's and that's really about like being an entrepreneur. It's just taking risks and just yeah, yeah, and, lots. Of- and, you, and if and if it doesn't work, you knew you tried. Mm-hmm. And that's just yeah. oh, I love I love all of this. And having multiple streams of revenue is so important mm-hmm. because we don't know what tomorrow could bring. And mm-hmm. I know that there are so many women that are afraid to lose or to leave their corporate job to pursue like their purpose or their passion because they're afraid of you know, losing the income or the stability, but you never know tomorrow you might be laid off or you don't mm-hmm. know what tomorrow is going to, going to bring. And even as an entrepreneur, you take those risks and you don't know what, you know, I always just jokingly say and hope to God it never happens. The internet, what if it just doesn't exist one day? Mm-hmm. I feel like one day it just- That'd be kind of cool for a minute though. <laughs> uh, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> I think we'd all be out of business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but just having those multiple streams to know that you're not putting all of your eggs into one basket, but it also helps funnel and fuel into that kind of freedom lifestyle that I think, well, for me, and I, I, I feel as you the same, are also after, is that we're looking for more flexibility and freedom versus having that strict structural security aspect of like a, like corporate America. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, I get bored. <laughs> Same here. I get bored. And then just seeing what's working, what's not. And again, those taking those risks. And people think that just because they're in corporate or they're in this, they have a boss, that they are secure. And what I learned from being in corporate is that it doesn't matter. They can let go of you at any moment. It doesn't matter what your performance review is like or how much how much value even your own direct supervisor thinks you have. They can do with you whatever they please. So it's right. not really that secure. And I think that another thing that people are afraid of is like the the medical insurance. So okay. health insurance, we're paying for that out of pocket because one, because we have kids, but also just because we that is one of the important things. So if we have to budget out shopping or, or getting that extra stuff at, from Kroger, that's fine because we can then pay for something that's important to our family. It's just really not being afraid of the numbers, being right. willing to know what you, what are your negotiables and what you're willing to give up, what you're not willing to give up, and then taking that risk. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of the same boat when I transitioned out as well and having to get health insurance on my own. Mm-hmm. That was a huge, a huge ding into the budget. Mm-hmm. No one likes paying health insurance. <laughs> no, not not at the rate that that even just, you know, my husband and I, because we don't have more family members or even with our business, we don't have what they consider as like a, a small group mm-hmm. policy or something to reduce yeah. the rate, which doesn't make sense because technically as the owner, you'd still be paying more, but your monthly premium would be less, something like that. But the, it was just the transitioning. And when you look at it and say, okay, well, does the risk 
outweigh the reward or vice versa. And and it's like, when I was looking at it, it's like, well, if I can work for me and everything that the, is based on a performance base, only I can let myself go. And that was mm-hmm. one of the things that really propelled me to leave my previous job. And that was 12 years ago. And it's been the greatest thing since. So mm-hmm. I, what, if you could give a piece of advice to anyone that's kind of maybe on sitting on the fence and, and what could you give as encouragement to possibly, you know, give them one side of the fence to choose and, and also the support, having a support of your husband, what would you give advice back to somebody who's possibly doesn't have a supportive spouse? Mm-hmm. I think really, so for my husband, it was me saying, these are what, this is what I want. Not necessarily, again, I wasn't really thinking about having a business, but there were things that just didn't feel right. And so if I said, well, I'm working this many hours, I am making really good money, but I barely see the kids and I'm rushing through traffic on 270, trying to get to daycare, because I know that if it's past 630, they're going to be start, they're going to start charging me per minute. And so just uh, for me, it was a lot of communication. And it wasn't just communicating the week before or a month before. It was communicating what was going on day to day. And then so that it wouldn't be... A, so if I had decided to leave on my own, it wasn't going to be this surprise at the last minute saying, hey, you know what? I'm not feeling it. I'm going to leave. Instead, we were communicating. And it's just... I think that's the biggest barrier between spouses that I've seen. And we've had our issues. I'm not afraid to say that. Before we started communicating, mm-hmm. he didn't know what the heck I was doing. He didn't know that I was rushing home with, to get, be with the kids, to try to get them to bed. He didn't know any of that. And so once we started communicating, he started seeing it. He started seeing what I was seeing. And then I started to be able to see that he wasn't just Again, his job, he leaves Monday through Friday, nine to um, every, and he comes, so he leaves Monday and he comes back on Friday evening. And I didn't know that that was stressing him out. I thought, oh, well, that's nice for you. You get to have a vacation from the kids. Mm -hmm. And for him, it was really eating at him because he wasn't seeing the kids except for Saturday and Sunday. And so just being able to communicate what we were feeling, what we were seeing, and not judging and just, understanding that are each other's point of view. And then if you're, if you have that spouse or that support system, whether it's your sister or your mom or whomever is, is helping you out, if not, try to find a tribe that will support you. Somebody who's in it at maybe around the same phase as you and just bounce ideas off of them, whether it's your best friend or some business buddies. That's also why I started networking and it was just to give myself a boost of energy every time I would go to an event. Try not to go to the dull events. If, if an event doesn't jive with you, don't go back. Find events that really inspire you, that when you leave, you're on fire, you want to get things done, that you feel like you made a connection with people that where they welcomed you and where you think you can get something out of it, whether it's a skill set or that inspiration that you need to get going. I think that's really the biggest barrier. Money, yes, you can save money to have a cushion. You can downsize. You can do all of these things. But the biggest barrier is our mindset and our communication with the, our significant others. Right. Yeah. These are these are great tips and great takeaways because this is, uh, I mean, 
things that I had been in my notes taken. years ago. <laughs> that, those are the things that I wish I probably would have heard and maybe I would have had the courage to have left earlier or, you know, I wasn't yet at that time married to my, to my husband. But we had discussed a lot of those issues as well as like, you know, my pain points, his pain points, how are we going to make this work? And like you said, having communication is so important. It doesn't matter if, if it is your spouse or having a friend, but somebody that can really help encourage or in, inspire you to make the best decision for you at that time. And if you're having that support system, it just keeps reinforcing. It's safe, it's secure, but you have your benefits. Maybe that's not what you need to hear because that's kind of still kept you stuck in the same spot you're at now, but it's almost like your soul's calling you to do something bigger, better, more. Like you're just not fulfilled if you're even questioning or doubting it, I feel like at that point. Mm -hmm. And, And don't be afraid of the mistakes that you've made in the past. Don't, just because... So we bought a house. Um, I got my job in corporate. I bought, we bought a house. We had the two kids. We had a yard and we downsized. We didn't downsize because we couldn't make payments, but we just so stressed out about let's keep the lawn mode. Let's make, keeping up with the neighbors, right? And then everything, replacing the roof, all of these things. We even redid the first floor and it was beautiful, but it was stressing us out. And we realized that it was stressing us out and not being afraid to say, you know what? We bought a house. It is beautiful. We redid it. It's amazing. But now it's time to downsize. Mm -hmm. And it's not that it was a bad thing that happened because now we know that owning a house is not for us. Maybe in the next five years, we might get back into a house. But for now, our tiny condo is what is keeping us happy. And it's not a mistake because now we know, hey, if we had purchased a condo instead of a house, right now we would be saying, we need to get a house. We need to be like everyone else. So I'm like, you know what? It's fine. We downsize. Who knows what the future holds? Maybe we'll buy a house. But for now, we're happy where we're at and we learned a lesson. I think that's a big thing too, because my husband and I are the same way. Our friends are always my parents. When are you going to buy a house or go do this? I'm like, we don't need a house. We travel a lot. We're on the go. Like we have a very, like, it doesn't make any sense for us. So why am I going to go sign a 30 year old, 30 year mortgage on something that I'm not excited about or necessarily need or want where we're more minimalist, I guess, in that aspect. And I hate, like, I sometimes look around at my place sometimes and I'm like, gosh, I probably spent like $2,000 just to hang shit on the wall. Like just to decorate a wall, like (laughs) a room, just all this kind of like stuff that's not necessary, but it's quote unquote, what we're supposed to do in society, right? Mm-hmm. Or even like cars, right? Pay, like Ryan and I, our cars are both 100% paid off right now. So like, I'm not gonna, I don't care to go buy a brand new flashy car just to impress people for a few days. Mm-hmm. I think, you know what I mean? Where so many people get caught up in that when you said like keeping up with everybody to look, I'm important. Where it's like, who cares? I like freedom and liquid assets. Like right, I want yes. <laughs> that kind of stuff. So um, I did want to mention too, because you were talking about like finding your tribe and being around people that energize you. So I know you have your own tribe that you started, the Digital Hustle Tribe. Mm-hmm. That's your that's your baby. That's the thing, something you started. Yeah. Local here in Columbus or are there members throughout? Uh, like- yeah, it's, it's local for Columbus and okay. we have events. And it's really, if you're DIYing your website, your social media, I bring in speakers almost for, as a selfish thing, because I also want to learn. So if I bring a speaker in about social media, I'm like, yes, I am taking notes. But I bring in speakers and they tell us how they built up their business and how to do whatever skill set they it is that they support with. 
and we lift each other up and, and cheer each other on to make sure that our businesses grow. And that's like a weekly thing or a monthly? So for sure, there is Wine and Websites the first Wednesday of every month. And then throughout the month, there might be one or two other workshops. You can check out Eventbrite, search for Digital Hustle Tribe. But yeah, we have so far through the beginning of April with events. And I'm just excited to... I have a couple of people on my list that I get to pin down some dates. I'm really excited for those topics. How exciting. So if you're in the Columbus area, make sure to check that out as well. But so on the social realm, how could people find you? How do we connect with you? Yeah. So um, at Yasmin Robles, that's Y-A-S-M-I-N-E-R-O-B-L-E-S is my personal. So that that's where you can find, well, pictures of my kids, obviously. But, um, I want to go some, see that cake. Yeah, yeah, maybe some Pinterest fails. But then you can follow any surrogacy journey that I may be on. Um, check out the stories from the previous surrogacy journey and just ask questions. The website business is at Robles Design Studio. Yeah, and then at Digital Hustle Tribe. Gosh, awesome. Like stuff, obviously. Yes, all of that information will be in the show notes. So this is so good. Such great tips and takeaways. And I'm excited to see the rest of your journey. I mean, is, do you see some more surrogacy in the future? So we're in the works. Uh, it's the, it's like phase one, right? Where they have you flying around places and having a pap. I, I joke with other people that I should open up an Instagram account for like where I've had a pap. Oh, you should. Uh, But uh, yeah, so this time we will be flying out to Connecticut to get it. It's called a screening and we'll see what they say and hopefully everything goes through and maybe by the end of spring, I might be preggers and paying down some student loans. Gosh, that's great. Well, we'll be following that journey for sure. This pregnancy. But what? But I wish I was getting paid right now for my (laughs) I, I I take care I take better care of the the babies that are not mine and um, I love those pregnancies a lot more. That's crazy. Oh, I wish I know you were talking about your wine and websites and I'm like all right so at the end of April I can come have some wine. Yeah. Yeah. I started wine and websites close to the beginning of the first surrogacy. And I was like, why did I start wine and websites right. when I can't drink? Yeah. It's torture. Torture yourself. Yeah. Well, good. Well, thanks so much. Is there anything, last thing, anything that you wanted to say or mention that you didn't get a chance to yet? Or Just to check out the events coming up at Digital Hustle Tribe. Okay. Uh, if you have any questions about websites or need me to review your site, uh, okay. feel free. It's free audits. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. If you have any questions about surrogacy or anything like that, feel free to hit me up. I'm pretty much an open book. Yeah. Well, I'm probably definitely going to reach out to you for sure about website stuff in the future once I narrow oh, down stuff because that's just, a, like Rachel said, the emoji of the brain. Of the <laughs> so we'll yeah. need to chat. But Well, awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, so thank you. All right, thank you so much for listening to the Confident Woman podcast. For more ways to connect with us, check out our Facebook group. It's The Confident Woman on Facebook. There's a ton of amazing ladies in that group that you can connect with as well. My Instagram is at Aaron underscore travels for life. Make sure you go ahead and follow that and follow Rachel as well. What is yours, Rachel? You can follow me on all social medias at I am Rachel Brooks. 
Awesome. Thanks so much. Look forward to checking you next week.